So how are you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. How are you? What what time is it there now? It's 11 p.m. Oh, that's not too bad. No, no, not at all. No, I kind of forget that people have different um, time zones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was uh, talking to a friend of mine who's in Australia, and it's like. I said, what, what time is it there? And he was like, it's like sometime tomorrow, you know, like 3 p.m. tomorrow. I was like, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> like, You're in the future. Well, especially now, everybody you're talking to is somewhere else, you know? Like, I'm not I'm not seeing anybody on the day-to-day, so... That's it, isn't it? It's you know, so strange, isn't so it? So someone in closest contact with might be on a totally different time schedule, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is such a strange. Uh, what's happening now is so strange, isn't it? It's just mind blowing, really. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a. I mean, originally the idea was that uh, you know we wanted to keep people from panicking, and now it's like, huh, maybe maybe we shouldn't have worried about that. Nobody seems to be taking it seriously. That's it, isn't it? It's. Um what the what they uh, what they led us to believe in the first place is is like they're completely going against what they said and everything's so contradictory and so confusing um you you try and do your best to you know abide by what's being said and then they completely change the you know they move the goalposts and and it's something completely different just mind blowing oh well, yeah i mean then you have you have different messages coming from the CDC as opposed to what's coming from the the government administration, and you know, and then you have some people thinking like there's not a problem at all, while other people are, you know, yeah, I don't know, it's bizarre. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's not something that I mean, I'm 41 years older. It's not something that I kind of ever expected to experience in in my lifetime, and certainly not in my children's lifetime and I was in kind of a bubble um round about 7th of March which is my birthday and you know like I heard people talking making jokes and TikTok you know I saw TikToks where people were talking about this this illness and and I was just like as long as you don't sort of you know go to China or know someone who's been to that area I was kind of believing that you know it will just fizzle out like the rest did and then all of a sudden, my, my kids are getting sent home from school, and yeah, my workplace is like furloughed, like ninety percent of the staff. And oh, I was just, yeah, I was just like, wow, this is, you know, weird. I don't know how. Quick- yeah, well, when I first figured that it wasn't going to be, you know, that this wasn't going to go away, that this wasn't going to fizzle out, was when uh, over here, I think it was late February, they they reported there was a case in New York and. They didn't know where the guy had gotten it. He hadn't gone to China, you know. He hadn't been in contact with anybody that they knew of who could have had it. And then I was like, "Well, fuck, that's it. You know, we're we're we're, we're done. It's it's time to lock down. You know, like yeah, that's that, that's that's uh, and that that's what it turned out to be. You know, so yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, it's like uh, I know, like. Um some friends of mine were joking saying you know we wanted zombies we didn't want like an illness that we couldn't you know <laughs> we don't know where it is or how you get it or you know you're not going to survive it if you do get it sort of thing but it's just yeah I'm, I'm sorry are you already recording yeah 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 i'll just i'll edit somebody at the beginning <laughs> it's all right 
free flowing, man. Yeah. I just well, want it I, to be wonder, open. Uh, you know what this will do to the zombie uh, genre. You know, like, is that going to be a story people want to see after this, or is that going to they're going to be burnt out on the whole pandemic idea, the the zombie apocalypse or whatever? Because there was that whole. Uh, uh, I think there was that whole escapist dream of getting away from the, you know, the day to day, yeah, work day and, and social responsibilities type of thing. And now that people are separated from it for a while, will they really indulge that fantasy anymore? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no. I was thinking about this the other night, just thinking like, like, um, I've got kind of a, a crazy friend. Who, you know, he's like, well, he's not crazy to me because I, I kind of tend to find myself along the kind of conspiracy theory type of route anyway and i like i like researching all you know anything that's completely off from mainstream and i look into everything and he uh years ago absolute years ago he, he came up with this idea that movies are the government's way of preparing us for what's coming you know and it was like i was just thinking about that the other night thinking yeah maybe <laughs> you know maybe he was onto something all those years ago and you know because like like you've got people saying about Contagion I mean I don't know how, how old Contagion the film is I mean, it might be like three or four years old but basically it's like pretty much word for word playing out for what we're going through now you know <laughs> it's like so maybe he was onto something with this movie thing but yeah well, well that's a, a, a kind of predictable epidemiological model you know mm-hmm. like once you have those kinds of mathematical certainties about how something spreads and how you can keep it from spreading you have a good idea of you know how these things will will play out and i think in the movie contagion it was even a coronavirus you know like epidemiologists were screaming out for a while that it was not a matter of if it was a matter of when mm. you know and nobody really listened uh and i i did not know that the u.s government had done so much to gut uh pandemic response mm. uh teams and things like that because I, I really thought those things were entrenched you know yeah you know, like nobody touched that because it, you know this was a known potential problem and something you really needed yeah. solidly in place you know never this reared its ugly head so i was appalled to see just how much we had stripped that back you know and in u.s government likes to continually feed the military to a degree that they can't even they, they have more money than they know how to spend when it comes to military, you know, and everything else has to take the cuts, and it's political suicide for anybody in either party to just say, look, we need to cut some military spending, because then, you know, then they become the villain who uh, was weak on defense and all of that, whereas, you know, something like this really needed a strong defense. But the theory that movies are tipping people off in advance, uh, Hollywood is intertwined with the government to kind of acclimate people to certain ideas that's pretty prevalent in, in amongst conspiracy theorists actually i went to a conference once for uh people who it wasn't just for people who believed they were abducted by aliens but it was a ufo conference and there were a lot of different conspiracy theories represented my particular interest was going to going there to speak to people who thought they were abducted by aliens because of the gray faction work we do in the satanic temple uh Mm. revealing uh you know satanic panic propagators and the recovered memories they use to kind of uh uh, build up their narratives and that kind of thing and it's the same 
same tactic with people who believe they're abducted by aliens. They usually recover these memories under the uh, influence of hypnosis or whatever else. Mm -hmm. But I was in this uh, support group for people who thought they were abducted by aliens. And there, there was a woman there and she had drawings of aliens she had met when she was abducted. And they were these kinds of crude drawings of like Yoda mm -hmm. and, uh, and Chewbacca and things <laughs> like that. And I thought, and I thought, okay, she's obviously just fucking with the people here. She thinks she's funny, you know, and there's yeah. probably some camera shit going on. But she was carrying on, and then I wasn't sure, you know, because she's really, she, she really has this, this going, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, then, then she addressed the issue. She was like, well, I, I know you can recognize these from these movies, but she said, you know, that this was all, all part of it, you know. The, the UFO crowd has this idea. It's kind of like their rapture, you know. There's going to be disclosure day yeah. where the government's going to say, okay, we've been in contact with the aliens all this time. We have this technology. This is all kind of uh, something we've been working on behind the scenes for a long time. Now it's disclosure. Now you, now you can all know this too. And as a way of getting us there, I guess, you know, even from Star Wars on up, you know, mm -hmm. like back in the 70s, even preceding that to like the flying saucer films of the 50s you know these are all varieties of real life aliens in the universe that was that was her story and by the time she was done with you know her presentation or whatever i believed she wasn't uh she wasn't a prankster she she really believed it wow yeah that that must have been um <laughs> so there's a lineage to that yeah wow I mean, that must have been an amazing thing to go to, though. I mean, I, I would love to be a part of something like that where you could actually go and talk to people that have, you know, A, either really believe that they have been abducted or B, have concocted some kind of, you know, kind of psyche where they've made this reality where that's happened. Because I think humans, we're, we're quite capable of doing that we we exaggerate not all of us but some people exaggerate more than others you know and then yeah that would be an amazing thing to be part of well i think there's a there's sometimes an indistinguishable line between you know the the con man's deception and in self-deception to the point where you're it's not it's not a clear distinction between who's who's lying to people and who's truly uh, who truly believes these things and and I think like it's uh you 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 think you know like I guess you know people ask me is is this guy a con man you know this you know if I meet like somebody who's talking about UFOs or whatever or do you think he really believes these things and you know I think it's both sometimes I would speak to some of these people who uh, claim they were abducted by aliens like I was speaking to one guy and he was telling me about the experience you know and, and it, to my mind he was explaining like a classical case of sleep paralysis yeah you know he, he was laying down he, he can't he can't move you know he, he comes into consciousness but he can't move and he tends to see these you know these balls of light or whatever some of the other types of things that people who've had sleep paralysis report as well and when I brought this up to him and I was saying, you know, and try to lay it on him as uh, gently as possible by kind of externalizing it and saying like, well, you know, 
a skeptic would say, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they hear saying this, you know, and, and go through the kind of, uh, uh, you know, typical symptoms of sleep paralysis. And this agitated him to the degree that I felt he was compelled then to start kind of, then, then he was compelled to start lying about it, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I assume he was lying I, but because he was making these kind of unfalsifiable claims that, you know, the aliens had left behind certain objects and certain residues or whatever mm-hmm. that were now being studied in a secret lab by secret scientists, and he wasn't allowed to disclose further details about that. Oh, wow. And I was thinking, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm doubting this part of the story. I wasn't doubting that he had these experiences and that he contextualizes them in this way, but I think it's become so important to his identity that he then feels compelled to lie about it to protect it. I was hearing something buzzing. I don't know what that was. Yeah, it was weird. Aliens. Yeah, aliens. Yeah, sorry, go on. Just repeat <laughs> that last bit. So he started to, yeah, he wasn't um, skeptical on, on, the, on his experience, but when he started talking about the, you know, these secret science labs that were testing the stuff that the aliens left behind, it started to become a bit obvious that maybe he was now forced into, forced his point with uh, lying, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. No, I, I think it would give the... Uh this idea had become so central to his identity that he was willing to lie to protect it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he still really believed in this narrative of the, of the alien abduction. It wasn't something he was necessarily just making up for attention or if it was, it's something he had really come to believe, you know? So that's why I, that's why I say, I think it's not always a, a clear distinction between, you know, the person who's who's you know uh, intentionally being the uh, the deceptive con and the person who's deluded by strange beliefs i think there's a there's a lot of overlap there and you might not be able to to uh disentangle it from any one person you encounter it's uh it's an area that isn't it's, it's non-provable really isn't it you can't sort of proof that that has happened to you you can't you know, well i mean I've read cases where they've said, you know, they've found, you know, like bits of metal and stuff implanted in, in, you know, in the back of the neck or in the wrist or in the fingers and things like that. And then, and then it's like this metal was, you know, it's it, it's been tested and it's not from this planet and stuff like that. But you know, you'd you'd think stuff like that would make um, worldwide news outlets. But then we're we're in a day and age now where you can't trust. You can't trust the news, you know? can't trust what's being put out there. Funnily enough, sorry, just coming off the path of aliens for a second, going back onto COVID-19, um, just yesterday, well, it was actually just this morning that my daughter showed me, the British news had put on a graph showing just where we were in the, in the terms of death toll. And when you looked at this graph, I didn't really see anything the first time I looked at it because she just sort of quickly showed me. She said, have another look and you know tell me what you see and they put like two four thousands there was four thousand in this graph and then there was another four thousand it was like you started to notice that this graph was completely nonsensical you know it just didn't make sense if you if you kind of looked into it and it's just so much of that going on at the minute with with the news and who you can trust and it's just we're in that day and age now aren't we everything's open to being disbelieved well uh most people now unfortunately consume their news through facebook or other social media platforms and you know facebook allows for this kind of real targeted directed marketing to people's specific psychological profiles Mm -hmm. to the point that 
you have really bad ideas being thrown out into the the general environment, uh, but it's not really being thrown out into the general environment. It's being thrown out to the people who are most persuadable to these ideas. And so you don't really have the same kind of open marketplace of ideas that you had before, whereupon the free speech arguments hinged their their claims to that kind of environment that they were that it was open to correction scrutiny ridicule you know the the dissection of uh of, of rational minds and, and various viewpoints it's not really happening anymore the, the way we consume information has become corrupted by kind of the uh the algorithm bubble for one thing you know anytime you do a search mm-hmm. your search results are meant to be for your particular likes and tastes you you are you know, they do everything they can to keep you from seeing oppositional viewpoints, uh, ones you won't necessarily agree with or, or ones that will will upset you. You know, it's, it's bad for marketing. It's bad for getting you to return. It's 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 bad for your usage of the uh, social media platform. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of that, you know, we've got people highly polarized, uh, don't really know, can't can't distinguish fact from fiction. We don't have an open marketplace of ideas anymore. And I, I am really disappointed uh, to see that people's response to this is to give Google and Facebook more power and to demand that they do more to censor uh, bad ideas or offensive viewpoints rather than, you know, going straight to the source of this corruption of the information environment to begin with and try to uh, roll back and destroy the surveillance model of of the business that they perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they should be building these real exact profiles of everybody who uses their system. They should they should have no idea which way we vote or what our preferences are in any way. Mm-hmm. I don't really care to have that direct marketing uh, in, engaged with me in any way. And I really think that you know for news to be consumed in such a way that people have an easier time distinguishing fact from fiction and opening up those debates to better judge the credibility of these claims you need to throw them out into the general environment you can't just have that targeted marketing to the people who are most likely to want this news to be true yeah you know i really think the whole business model for facebook needs to be utterly destroyed and I think that the company should be entirely destroyed. And I think Luke Zuckerberg should uh, choke on a turd and disappear. I, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, the irresponsibility of that company has gone so far uh, out of bounds that it really poses a existential threat to democracy at this point. And that's, I don't think that's hyperbolic in the least. Mm-mm. And the fact that we haven't really addressed this in any substantial way, even now, is really disheartening. And I can only hope that the whole pandemic helps us to think a bit more clearly about things in the prospective future that we realize that you know sometimes things do part we may have been coddled all our lives but these calls from scientists regarding climate change and other such things you know mm-hmm. uh they should not be ignored in the same way we shouldn't have ignored the epidemiologists who were saying we were ripe for a pandemic and doing nothing about it because that was the case too. No, I totally agree with you. Facebook and, and Mark Zuckerberg. I don't really use Facebook. I've never really been a part of Facebook. I don't really use much social media, really. Just just Twitter. That's 
one part where I started just my music side just when I was creating you know getting a little bit of a fan base of people and talking to people but it, it amazes me like you were saying like the the structure of Google I suppose the search engine it's like you can be having a conversation I've had a conversation with my wife many a times on an evening and next day like you go into your search engine and everything we spoke about from the night before is in you know the first thing that comes up on on like my search history like you know we could have been talking about singers or movies or anything and it's just there it's just straight there like so it's like obviously your microphone picks up on what you're talking about and you know all this stuff is just crazy it's like even down to this tracing app that in this country that i don't know if it's happening where you are but they're talking about this tracing app that they're going to try and give out to the people you know to do with covid19 like and i don't think i want part of that that information being given to to my government this government a government that that, that i really don't have much trust in or faith in and you know it's when what's hap- what's going to happen next am i going to go to work and they're going to say oh scott we need to put this this little security chip in your wrist so that we can test your temperature and it frightens me i'm going to be quite honest it really does frighten me well and, and we have you know this uh dogmatic resistance against uh nationalized health care over here so you have insurance companies wanting to adjust your your insurance premiums based upon what kind of health risk you are and everything else so that, that kind of private data can be used against you in, in so many ways it, it's it's nothing to just just set aside you know very serious issue and I, I felt when I was a kid that people would never submit to this kind of thing I felt like people were hyper vigilant about the idea of surveillance you know that that was the very essence of totalitarianism right this mm-hmm. idea of big brother walking and collecting these notes on you listening to your calls and everything else and i didn't count on everybody being just completely blinded to this kind of surveillance coming at us from the private sector everybody was concerned about the government doing this kind of thing nobody thought twice about it when facebook and google started doing it and now what happens now they just sell it to the government the kind of surveillance the government could never do on us is being done by majority of the public on trying to rein this in it's crazy isn't it it's it it, it is i was exactly the same as you i always thought that we would stand against that kind of 1984 process you know i've always thought if if people grouped together if we all stood together i know it sounds all very revolution and everything but i always thought the government were for the people and not trying to get every little bit of information out of us and 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 then it's all building to this ai prospect isn't it it's, it's all to further the the google engine you know I can't remember the name of the thing that elon musk is is trying to create as always in the process of creating as well to do with ai and the, these search engines and information that's shared and just where that information goes you know i never really thought into that i never uh, it's only been like the last five years where i really sort of paid attention to what i was agreeing to when i when i downloaded an app or you know it's just scary isn't it it's scary what you share with so many companies and people that you have no idea what they're doing with your information you know it happens in, in increments of course and i don't think it was prefabricated i don't think that you know that somebody had uh, specifically in mind from the beginning at the inception of the internet or anything like that but it just kind of converged a lot of ideas in, in the wrong way which think kind of the first step in this abdication of our individual liberty and uh, you know in the face of google and facebook came from us just kind of abdicating our notions of individualism and contextualizing individual rights as corporate rights you know yeah. and, and the, the idea that freedom is uh, something specific to 
corporate interests or, or businesses. I mean, that's a that's a real kind of prevalent notion in the United States. It goes along kind of with that uh, free market religion that uh, that people have been embracing for some time now. And you see it like with COVID nineteen. You know, this this right to open up businesses again. It's like, is anybody talking about the rights of the people who are really uh, you know at risk for dying of this to stay home? Why 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 are the only rights we're talking about the the rights of those who who run a corporation or or otherwise run a business as though you know everybody else is just kind of cogs in this machine any regulation upon google or facebook is seen as some kind of loss of rights for for all of us it's it's the government impeding on the business but at least you know in theory the government's supposed to be accountable to us you know facebook doesn't claim to be accountable to anybody and when we have no rights to claim access to their records to have a better understanding of how their algorithms actually work i mean it's 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 all opaque to us it's all trade secrets and you know again they can sell the information they gather about us to the government and we we have no idea now at this point you know the yeah. the uh the extent to which they have you know really uh really elaborate profiles that know us better than we know ourselves crazy i do use google and i seem to tend to use youtube quite a lot i mean youtube's turned into a little bit of a search engine itself it's good a great source for finding information especially if you are like me and you're more on that sort of conspiracy side what you touched on earlier about this this pandemic is actually waking a lot of people up to what is happening and i do think there will be some some mega changes after this pandemic sort of eases and settles out back into some form of normality some quite hard times ahead for these uh, establishments and, and governments and so forth because so much has changed in such a such a little amount of time jobs where they were told they couldn't work from home you've now got like masses of people working from home you know they realize they can work from home and that they don't need to commute to work and yeah i think it's just opened a lot of doors for change as we go forward and that, even though yeah it's all been like quite doom and gloom death is awful and it's that kind of created anxiety in me that i never knew existed I do also think it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's sort of a new world that's going to form out of what's happened. And hopefully people will be more awake. You were talking about them having information on us as, as a whole, as people, is is quite frightening. And I think, you know, people do need to wake up now as we go forward, because this could be, this could have been a lot worse. And, you know, it still has the potential to be a lot worse. But I think if people don't wake up, then you're kind of walking into, you know, some, some catastrophic events in the future for our children and their children. And, you know, we need to do something now. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think anybody who's looking at this, I, I really hope like most people have climate change in mind with this and yeah. we're really at that point where you know it, it, we need to do serious work immediately uh, to reduce emissions and everything else to to try to get things back uh, back in balance again to a certain degree so that we're you know we don't really have one catastrophe after another uh for the rest of our lives you know or or, or the shortened uh shortened lives of our entire uh of our entire species i mean and are we going to just tolerate stupidity and greed standing in the way of making some basic changes if donald trump wins again you know in the election i don't know what to say about that uh that's that brings us to a pretty uh hopeless point in time i think and and it's just remarkable to me to see how poorly and incompetently and just outright flagrantly stupidly addressing everything and to see that there's even a question at this point as to whether he could win the election or not is just a really 
really sad commentary on on, on American intelligence right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, I can't really say much on guys' like political system and stuff, but I do, you know, feel for you in that sense because it's just I just watch some of his <laughs> some of his briefings and just think, wow, <laughs> you know. What's what's happening? What what? How did this happen? And yeah. right, that that is one openly stupid guy. I mean, he's not misspeaking. You know, I mean, you can't put it off on that. He's not. You know, he's not a, a more complicated character. So that there's something in the background that we're missing here. They they always try to dress it up. You know, oh, there's yeah. there's always somebody in the American press saying, "Oh, when you meet the man, you you realize that there's a you know." Yeah. No, he is really a stupid fucking guy yeah. and just yesterday about the uh the problem with uh the united states and coronavirus is that you know we've just been testing too many people yeah. that's why we have such large numbers and just think of think of how dumb that concept is and how that what that says for addressing things like say poverty and homelessness yeah. i mean yeah i mean if you just <laughs> ignore it if you eradicate those, those numbers and <laughs> uh you know yeah we can pretend it's not there i mean that's that's yeah. i mean if somebody has that in mind as a as a solution to an ongoing problem an immediate problem uh they have no business being in office trying to address these things at all it's it's insane to me he said something along the lines of you know if you test something then obviously you're gonna have a problem so if we hadn't tested these people we wouldn't have known about it so <laughs> you know right, right. You, you won't have yeah it won't exist if you don't if you don't know about it but what worries me is and the the line that i can draw between our two governments and our, our two political problems or our, our you know our two governing problems is yours is outrightly saying it and and looking stupid but ours is doing what he's talking about so you know it's like if you look at our testing we're not testing people that's why our r has dropped that's why our cases have dropped and our infectious cases have dropped because our our testing is going down every day every day we're not testing people we're just not doing it yeah somebody, somebody pushed back against me on twitter when i uh you know i i i probably ex- uh, expressed happiness when uh boris johnson got infected with coronavirus and I mean, to be honest, though, that wasn't just punitive on my part where I'm like, you know, good fuck him. He deserves it. Although there's there's part of that or whatever. But uh, in my mind, I was honestly thinking that this could be beneficial to people because they were thinking like him, you know, and, and they're running around just doing nothing to protect themselves from this. And then he ends up in the hospital like an idiot. And it's not just I mean, there's going out responsibly and there's going out and being an idiot like he was. And he was going out, you know, shaking people's hands and all that kind of thing, like making a big show of yeah. ignoring the the, uh, the warnings of, uh, med- of medical health professionals. And, you know, it's not just a matter either of you get exposed and then you either get it or you don't. There's a uh, there's the issue of uh, exposure load as well. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if you get exposed to more of it, you're you're going to get sicker. 
you know yeah. so you, you might want to be responsible uh, every time you you go out in the course of this yeah. this pandemic in case i was hoping that he would serve as an educational example for people and, and who knows maybe it uh, you know that event of him you know having come down with it did mitigate some of the stupidity in the uk uh i gotta say it's it's been disappointing when we hear uh it's done the rounds through the white house to consider who it hasn't yeah. hit yeah at this point yeah yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of skepticism with with his infection in this country, and 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 standing on the, uh, well, sitting on the fence really, because I kind of I kind of liked him when he sort of turned up on the scene, Boris Johnson, because I thought he was, I thought he was like a little bit out there and a little bit wild and and a lot younger than you know than the the various prime ministers that we had had there was something about it i know that's not really a political stand i'm interested in politics and i understand a lot of politics and i quite like politics i like to talk about politics since sort of like john major time going into sort of david cameron and then you know theresa may and everything just seemed everything was the same it didn't matter who you got in charge it was just the same policies the same lies and blah 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 but he he struck me as someone that sort of stood out a bit he was like the you know the rock and roll star of politics and uh yeah there's quite a lot of there's quite a lot of skepticism in, in this country people that i've spoke to that are like not even really believe that you know he got infected not they don't believe that he was in in intensive care because the information that was that was coming out was so so contradictory it was like he, he's not on a ventilator but he's in he's in intensive care which is then making people think well why is he in intensive care when there's all these you know x amount of people that need to be in intensive care on ventilators and and prince charles got it and it was like four days that he had it and then you know he was okay he was up walking about and talking to people and you know he was off and it was just like all these rules that you put in place put in place for us don't don't exist because the elite get it and the guy who came out with the whole plan for lockdowns and everything he's just been fired because he's having an, he was caught breaking lock, his own lockdown rules to go and have an affair you know to go and meet his mistress it's like they can call us uh, as a people in the uk they can say you know like we have you know do well with responsibility and stay alert and like they're trying to guide us but when you when you're looking stupid yourselves and you're breaking your own rules and you're breaking your own thing that you implemented to us as a people especially in lockdown these people that i mean nothing's changed for me i've been going to work every day so but people that do live on their own that haven't got a garden that are in a flat you know a high-rise flat building that can't get out no wonder they're breaking the rules and i don't blame them because everything's been so like lapsadaisy it's just it's unreal and i can't even imagine what it must be like in your your country with donald trump just come. Well, I mean, a real problem we have getting rid of somebody like Donald Trump is that, you know, so many people uh, seem to act as though if you have an opponent to any one of these guys, if he's done anything wrong, it brings him exactly on the level as, you know, somebody as terrible as Donald Trump. Yeah. And at this point, you know, we could have a serial killer for president, but so long as this serial killer understood how the government's supposed to work, what its function is, and has some basic respect for that we would be doing orders of magnitude better than donald trump you know so i get really irritated like when there's these kinds of purity tests being put up and it's like well this guy said this in the 80s or this you know or this or whatever else i mean at this point you know and i hate that whole lesser of two evils mentality but at this point we are dealing with you know the collapse of the nation we are dealing with the theocratic overthrow we are dealing with 
a level of incompetence I don't know if we have ever seen, you know, and I don't think we can necessarily survive it. I don't know if, you know, we're going to come out the dominant world party world, uh, the leading nation, you know, anymore after this whole pandemic plays out just from how horribly we handled it now. And just, you know, the degree to which our our economy is going to suffer from it and, you know, just the reputational damage we've taken. You know, this is, you know, really the first kind of uh, global uh, event that's happened since World War Two, in which nobody's looking to the United States to lead. You know, no, nobody's even, nobody even cares. The United States didn't even throw in the World Fund for you know the search for a vaccine. So I, I don't know where that leaves us when vaccine might pop up somewhere else yeah. rather than here. Yeah. But uh, the United States has done everything it can to diminish its status. And I don't know who would be stupid enough at this point to, to vote for Donald Trump or, yeah. or who has any support for him anymore at this point. But uh, that's the situation we're in now. I mean, when people say, well, his his rate ratings are down you know somewhere in the low 40s it's like what that means some like over 40 percent of people polled would still vote yeah. for this fucking idiot who hasn't done a single <laughs> thing right and doesn't even put a uh, a good face upon incompetence you know you can't even say that this is a charismatic guy who at least delivers an inspiring message he's got nothing going for him you know he looks like everything he is just a yeah big fucking fat sack of stupidity <laughs> yeah like all he eats is red meat it's just red meat it's red meat just oozing out of his pores <laughs> yeah i know what you mean yeah. yeah i've never liked the guy never liked the guy and I, I see that um barack obama gets quite a bashing on on certain things and i always thought it was all right i mean I'd, like i said i don't know much about your political system but he still gets a bad they're still trying to they're trying to blame him for this problem the trump administration still pulls out his name and they say well obama didn't leave us with a real uh, plan for a pandemic and it turns out you know to you know should be to their embarrassment but they have no shame it turns out that uh that the obama administration did leave a detailed pandemic response plan but even if he didn't you know it's been you know we're going high on four years now dipshit you know this is your this is your problem to deal with yeah and you know your incompetence is just i mean so bring the obama administration back to handle it all you know i mean get the fuck out of here (laughs) yeah they haven't done a damn thing right and they're not going to in the any time in the foreseeable future either so what is what is your like um in for United States, what's your like your next prospect if if he doesn't win? Who who takes his place? If he it, well, you know, the upcoming election is between uh, Joe Biden, who was uh, Barack Obama's VP, and and very very well does seem to be uh, a senile old man at this point. Yeah. Um. But you know, you just hope that at least the administration, though, you know, would be would would be able to run things competently, and I I think they they could, even though I might disagree with a lot of their decisions, policies or or whatever else i think at least they at least they know what they're supposed to be doing which is a lot better i think than you know what uh what donald trump has installed one thing that could be said for george w bush was he put in a nefarious cabinet of of villains but they all actually knew how the government operated and how to play the game and that was you know 
Yeah. I, I didn't have any love for them whatsoever, but I, I do think they could have handled the pandemic response a bit better and, yeah. and less opportunistically, maybe. I mean, even though I think the whole, uh, you know, attacking Iraq after September 11th was just an opportunistic ploy for oil, obviously, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just don't think we've reached these depths. Initially happened when the Twin Towers was was hit just sort of watched in you were just sat there numb watching this sort of unfold this this thing that you <laughs> it was like you were watching a movie I mean I was here just thinking oh my god you know what what's going on and, and then just as the years have passed you just sort of see the you know the things that like like you said yeah maybe predominantly for oil and you know they just sort of moved this movement straight away to Iraq and you know Saddam Hussein and was was tied into it and you had Bin Laden and all this sort of stuff unfolding in front of her eyes and I mean they even I was telling my daughter they even they even put on our news it was like a live feed you could watch this like shock and awe they kept calling it shock and awe and you could watch this like night of bombing and it was just live on tv all night long you just see the the bombs going you know going in and just like evaporating this place where they were bombing and just some real really but yeah they probably would have dealt with this pandemic the same way they like within you know within days of with twin twin towers coming down we were in another country and there was a war happening yeah no i think i i agree with you on that one um it was certainly more I know people call him, people made him out to be the stupid president that you had or that he was a puppet, but I don't think any, I don't think any of you were ready for, for just what's unfolded with Donald Trump, really. I mean, I think you probably all had fear about him getting elected, but it just really has been. Not that we can, we can really talk any better because ours has been quite a big shit show as well. So maybe we're more united, two countries united through our poor leadership. I honestly did not think Trump was going to get elected. I thought the polls were a bit more accurate than that. And up until the night of the election, you know, it showed that uh, Donald Trump had, you know, virtually no chance of of winning Mm. the election. And so with that in mind, during the primaries in which uh, Trump was running against, uh, you know, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio and uh, Jeb Bush and these other contenders who all seemed like real solid prospects to, yeah. to win in, in an election, especially if the Democrats were going to run Hillary, because, you know, Hillary just had a real bad image problem prior to the election. I, I didn't think she was a winning candidate. I just did not think she could win, given all the, you know, the sustained efforts to, uh, to, to uh, sully her image that had been on for the previous decades i just thought it was a really bad idea for them to run hillary and they were just determined to run her you know it was her turn it was, was the whole idea from the democratic party so i thought the only way hillary would win was if donald trump got elected and it wasn't so much it well it certainly wasn't for love of hillary that i wanted uh, uh that i would have preferred her to win but, but it, it, i really felt that you know, Donald Trump getting nominated by the Republican Party and then, you know, suffering a crushing defeat. I felt like after eight years of Barack Obama and, and then that happening, I thought that would be uh, devastating for the Republican Party. I thought this might demolish the Republican Party. Maybe this will make the Republican Party rethink its, uh, its intertwined relationship with uh theocratic interests you know that are yeah uh you know somewhere still in the 
fringe minority of the American consciousness, but still have this outsized uh, political power. You yeah. know, I thought all of this come crashing down on them with Donald Trump. So, to be honest, throughout the primaries, the Republican primaries in 2016, I was pulling for Donald Trump because I thought he was going to ruin the Republican Party. I thought he'd never get elected, you know, and if he got nominated, that would be that would be it. So all the while, I was laughing, you know, because I thought, fuck you, Ted Cruz, you know, he was like, yeah. he was the guy I thought was really going to get it, you know, I, I loved to see the failure of, of Jeb Bush, I, I love to see all these other guys fail when this, you know, clown, this moron standing up at the podium just hurling infantile little insults at them and managing to, to get yeah, you know the nomination. It was that enough was a disgrace. Yeah, but then at the point where he's actually elected as the president of the United States, then you really have to start thinking like we are in the 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 midst of the idiocracy right now. Yeah, <laughs> if you were if you were uh, Christian, you'd be saying it was the end of days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no inside this was a new era for them oh yeah oh yeah they've uh, no short of throwing um, biblical events at this whole pandemic is there it's like um in this country it was like we had uh, we had like an infestation of they weren't like locusts they were like lady ladybirds <laughs> tiny tiny little bug we had like thousands of them and someone i saw someone putting on like a news report it was like and the plagues have started you know we've got we've got the black plague making a resurrection it's killing everybody and now the and now the bugs are coming next is famine and next is and it was just like oh come on <laughs> you know australia's burning yes it is and that was terrible and it wasn't dealt with in the right way but it's certainly not you know biblical none of this has been biblical it could have been could have been catastrophic it could have been terrible but it looks like people are good you know on a, on a whole people are good we, we, we're intelligent enough to look after each other even if we're overseas we're, we're all creating a new world together which we are and and you know we're intelligent enough to be alert and to like you said earlier to go out and do things in the right manner to not go touching people or shaking hands or you know we've got this we don't need anyone telling us how to do it but yeah it certainly has been oh it's biblical and uh, waiting for the four horsemen and all this sort of shit <laughs> well i mean they, uh, they the the evangelicals over here didn't didn't decide that uh, the plagues were coming they 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 took trump as like the second coming of christ and he does everything to maintain that base he, yeah you know he, he'll give everything to the theocrats and it's it's a scary state of affairs to be in he has an idiot like uh mike pence for his uh vice president and pence you know doesn't believe in evolution is is a creationist uh has some really bizarre ideas about about sex and you know yeah. old school biblical values and he's just a he's a disturbed man a disturbed and superstitious yeah. small i've seen that yeah. man yeah and th these are these are the people who really gravitate to trump and they don't care what he's done you know he it, no no crime is is bad enough to prevent them from getting up early in voting for him at the time the polls 
are, are open. And that that's what's really scary about the upcoming election, because while on the other side, you have people saying like, oh, I don't know, you know, this, you know, the, the Democratic candidate or whatever, he's, uh, you know, yeah, he's a flustered old man, not the best or, you know, yeah, he said some things, he's a of this or whatever. It's like, well, we, are, we really are talking now about, you know, preserving basic liberties that we felt were entrenched but are now you know we're really really up for grabs you know i I mean our first amendment isn't what it was you know just 20 years ago you know now we're getting close to the point where they are seriously looking to codify unique christian privilege above and beyond any other exemptions or privileges uh identifying with any other religion could give you you know yeah and we're seeing the stir of that now we're seeing the precedent being set and it's not long before you know with all the federal judges this administration is putting in place that this is actually codified it runs completely contrary to what we're founded on Mm -hmm. you know and who knows how hard it'll be to roll that back once that happens and it might not happen in our lifetime but we kind of sat back and let it happen and even now you know, people talk about, well, is the other guy really better? It's like, look, anybody's better at this point. Will yeah. you just fucking stop with this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, I don't think. I don't know what I'd do if we had someone like. It's hard to sort of say because I think they're quite similar, <laughs> our leaders at the moment. But just just this whole, like, talking of the. the, the um, christianity side and and stuff like that. you've got like you've over there you've got like your bible belt areas and your sort of your your redneck areas that are probably very much for donald trump and that's probably his 40 percent that's keeping him in power um you know and we have the same thing here we've got people that just literally will you know fight a tooth and nail for everything that boris does or boris says and and you know you you kind of got you've got to take like little bits of everything and and still make your own assumption and make your own <laughs> intelligent um you know you've got to make your own intelligent decisions on what's being said to you and it must be it must be so hard thinking that this person could be reelected and and you know I don't know what damage that will do to your to your country well what what damage does that do to your general consciousness too because yeah at the point where somebody can be such an utter absolute improvable failure in office but get reelected anyways that leaves somebody like me wondering like what is worth writing about anymore what's worth talking about if people aren't understanding what's going on right in front of their very faces or if people reject you know provable information being brought to them just because they don't like it like when it's not good enough to show that somebody's failed and they're not qualified for the job yeah you just don't know where to go with that more you just don't even know how to communicate like what what more can you do beyond you know coercion beyond yeah takeover beyond those kinds of things like you want to believe in people's ability to discern right from wrong to be able to see what's in front of their faces 
and when they can't do that anymore, it's it, that can be, you know, more isolating than a pandemic. Yes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah, that is so true, and it it's it, it it's mad as well, just how how full on some people get over these people as well. You know, like they'll just literally, like I said earlier, fight tooth and nail over, you know stuff you're actually sitting there thinking use your logical or rational mind and really listen to what you're just you know police it yourself be be a more intelligent human being you know <laughs> it's just we don't need these people telling us how to live and that's kind of the point i was making earlier we we are good people you know 90 percent of us are are good intelligent people and just a shame that we're run by people that aren't and they've got all you know supporters and and people around them that will just push push these these policies and these fucking crazy you know <laughs> ideas that they have forward i love your country i you know i love everything that i see about them i'd love to go and you know when we can travel again I'd love to come over and and you know experience oh yeah well uh, stop by salem and we'll have have drinks and person yeah oh yeah i'd love to come to salem yeah but it's it's not gonna be the same place anymore after uh you know if if trump gets reelected, you know and, and you know even if he doesn't you know we, we have a, a hard road ahead and some adjustments to make and I, I just hope that we're able to make the right adjustments rather than uh, uh i mean we, we just really need to look past the tribalism a bit people aren't voting their their values anymore they're they're aligning with their tribes and yes the outcome of that can be seen in all of this you know that's that's why you know trump can say one thing one day and then openly contradict it the next day and he can count on you know his followers to uh pick up his talking points and and pretend that they they forgot that he lied the day before or that you know yeah he's taken a new position from the next they're they're willing to follow that because they're not you know it's part of it's part of their identity it's part of their tribe and it's not one of those things where they're they're looking to vote based upon values or anything like that they're they're looking to you know to, to signal their allegiance more than anything else yeah and that that's a that's really uh that's really a downward spiral it's really dysfunctional and it's and it's caused for the it's allowed for the kind of depravity we see now in our leaders yeah it's a great word actually that's kind of what i was trying to hit on tribes yeah that's it's a great wording of things because i agree with you it is completely like people are just in their tribes and believing what they want to believe and it's, it's i'm actually i'm actually quite um quite proud of us as 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 like in the uk because i thought there would have been a lot more you know fear and panic and riots and and that sort of stuff you know with with certain liberties being taken away like the pubs and clubs and the theaters being shut stuff like that because i honestly thought you know round about this time especially you know when it first happened like three four weeks into it i thought nothing of it but you know talking six seven weeks going on to nine weeks ten weeks you, you know you would have had people creating and and there would have been you know mass crime and riots and stuff going on but we've been actually quite subdued really here in the uk not really i mean the roads are getting slightly busier and yes they've opened things up it's slightly confusing exactly what they've done but you know you're allowed to do various things and and everyone seems to be coping quite well like i say nothing's really changed for me i've been working every day so we didn't really go out much anyway um we used to sort of 
once a month we'd have like a date night away me and the wife would go and like get a hotel you know in the next town which is like half an hour 45 minutes away we didn't really go to the pubs and clubs so not much has really changed for me and you know so i don't know about yourself was you completely locked down did you did you have to you know stop going out and and seeing people oh yeah yeah no i've i've stop seeing people entirely it's been months now too and and it's it changed what was supposed to be really significant for me because i had just recorded an album uh in san diego with some guys i was working on put together this act satanic planet and we were going to uh start touring uh, we were going to do a mini tour first and then we were going to do other shows and we got picked up by live nation which is a great kind of representative firm which means you know we can play big venues and get good guarantees and it's a it's a lucrative thing for us to go out and, and play these shows or whatever so yeah. we were going to go out start doing that on uh march 21st i think was going to be our first show and uh i had gone from uh recording in san diego to speaking at an event in madison wisconsin and the event in madison was sometime in in march and then straight from madison wisconsin i went to arkansas to do depositions in our lawsuit you know yeah yeah uh against for the religious discrimination in arkansas yeah and that was on the 11th and 12th of march so then i got back to boston on the 13th or 14th and i was terrified because like you know even in march you know it mm-hmm. seems like not too terribly long ago but we knew so much less about it we just knew it was breaking out you know what i mean yeah so we didn't really know what the the death rate was there was still a lot of open questions so i was terrified that i was flying around in this time you know and i'm going through pubs like chicago hair airport you know yep. and at this point it's, it's item in the news you know that this pandemic's breaking out but people obviously weren't weren't reading or paying attention to it terribly much nobody's wearing face coverings or anything else but and people were coughing into open air and i'm the only guy who's like holy shit you know i, I don't any yeah. i, 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 I want to get away from this so I got back to, uh, you know, to Salem on like the 13th or 14th, and I've just been inside since. And uh, I was going to be doing that touring, and along with the touring, I was scheduling speaking engagements I could do, yeah. you know, while we were traveling. So this this was going to be my my breakout year, like financially, I was finally going to be like in the black, you know, <laughs> finally yes. going to be making money. And yeah. this broke this broke out, and I just locked down but i am able to work on whatever i want i kind of have a you know a little studio set up here so i'm exchanging audio files back and forth with the guys i'm working on in this band mm-hmm. doing the final mixing and mastering we're going to be working on you know actually this the second album we're doing nice able to write a lot more you know i teleconference with a lot of people i've been doing movie nights uh you know that is yeah stream online i know some on twitter and I, I i do those on wednesdays and saturdays and it's a good opportunity for people to kind of like interact with each other and you know still you know and, and not really feel isolated so even though this is you know radically changed what was planned for me mm-hmm. it's not you know it's it doesn't doesn't strike that hard you know what i mean i think uh some yeah. people have a real problem with isolation yeah i just don't and but <laughs> in a relative to other people like I've, I've known people who've gone to prison things like that and i just can't help but think like okay so far is you know 
having to isolate goes like it could be a lot worse i've got a lot of books i've got a lot of amenities you know yeah i've got you know i can work on whatever i want to work on uh, you know n- nobody's gonna assault me in here you know yeah <laughs> you no, know it's, it's not- no i agree with you i've i've got i've got a couple of friends that are inside at the minute and um i'm in contact with one and he's he's on lockdown for 23 hours a day he gets a well 23 and a half hours a day he gets half an hour out and he's in a cell locked up for 23 and a half hours i can't really complain that i've not been in been in a pub for the last however long it's been <laughs> you know, 10 weeks or whatever so yeah i saw i saw that you were um you were you were working on an album i'm like man i'm mega intrigued to hear that so i'm really yeah i'm really uh really eager to get it out to the to the public because uh, there was you know we had to release one track at one point we were like a week in in the studio Mm. you know hadn't recorded anything before getting into the studio and then like the band management was saying you guys have to put something out publicly you know yeah and we had already been on like these kind of sketches in that time where we're like okay we have some really like potentially solid stuff but it's all so different from one another that you know I, I think we all had that feeling like man we don't want to release any one thing individually because it's like nothing's representative of the entire project you know yeah. because it's really it's kind of all over the place and, and bizarre and I just want to get like the whole album out but yeah. we're finally working on like the final mixes and masters and uh i am i guess by the end of this month we should be uh shopping labels so i don't know how long it takes getting a label to having the album out but it's still a while i'm sure but it'd be nice to be yeah i'm I'm just happy we'll be on the second album in this time because it's like you know concert's gonna be like the last things to come back you know yeah unless you're doing like uh even if there are knows who's going to want to come you know until there's like a vaccine or something you know like this has to be handled in a certain way before concerts get back to being what they were you know people like shoulder to shoulder and all packed in a place and having a good time and jumping around and shit that's just not going to be something on people's minds for for a while so we might as well just get this this out there and and look to the future yeah unless there's like a like a pay-per-view live version or a drive-in version that you can do right now i suppose i mean we we have tst tv you know or we yeah. have our streaming site we've been trying to think of like events we can do that are streaming yeah. for people and that it might be the way to go you know for for a little while at least but yeah but i'm sure we'll do something you know oh yeah I, I know we'll have some kind of streaming like release event you know when we put it out you know yeah, can't wait so for that. yeah no i'm really intrigued to hear it really intrigued to hear that and it, it's 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 a weird one for me because um, this is so bizarre talking to you because it was like I discovered Hail Satan on Netflix and it, it was just it was a random hungover Sunday we'd been out somewhere drinking the night before and I just put this put this documentary on and you know just absolutely cap captivated by you know you and how you were talking and and the whole and the whole show was just at the end of it i even said to my wife she didn't watch it with me because she she doesn't tend to go along with a lot of stuff that i'm into but (laughs) you know and i just said to her i'd love to know that guy i'd love to meet him you know and it's just so random that i'm talking to you now like (laughs) after seeing netflix and just watching a few things on youtube and stuff so yeah i'm really you know taken away that you've you've taken your time to come and talk to me especially at the moment with everything that's going on and yeah i'm really really looking forward to your album and uh, i just really want to know 
you know, are you happy with everything, the way that everything's taken off for you? I, I know that the pandemic has squashed a lot, but you know, there must be loads that's going to be coming out once we get back to normal. That you know, you've got obviously you still got your court cases. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all still going, all still going. And now, of course, you know, the timeline's been all fucked up because of the pandemic. So I don't know when they'll be resolved. Originally, Arkansas was supposed to go to trial and show in July, and now I, I don't know when that'll be. But you know, this will all, you know, yeah. come to its conclusion. We'll get there. You know, we'll, we'll get there with everything. And I'm just hoping, you know, you know, some some days, some days I'm on, I get a lot done, and other days, you know, I just don't, and I don't feel yeah. that bad about it. You know, I'll just do some a lot of reading or whatever, and that that all plays a role too. You know, and how I uh, how I uh, produce the things that I come up with thereafter, or whatever. So I'm yeah. gonna get a lot done in this lockdown time that I probably wouldn't have gotten done if it if it hadn't happened. You know, so yeah. I mean, I'd rather this weren't the case, but being that it is, you know, it's a, you know, it's, it's something you can make the best of. And I mean, just little things too, like doing the movie nights has been a, a beautiful thing for me. It's a new way of socializing with people and with people I might otherwise not have that that time with everybody's kind of teleconferencing now so you know and it's it's so different than like the typical social media interactions because it's it's all about fun you know nobody's arguing about anything everybody's just kind of like uh giving their commentary about these horrible movies we're watching and having a good time you know so it's a whole (laughs) different kind of atmosphere vibe yeah and i think some of this stuff we'll want to take with us Absolutely. After the uh, lockdown, we'll want to keep doing some of these types of things in the way yeah. we're we're doing them now. That's it's you know absolutely uh, yeah quite scary. Have those kinds of realizations. Yeah, it's quite scary as well to think that some of this might you know soon come to an end. <laughs> For me, like I'm working for. Right. I'm, I'm working four day weeks so I don't normally have Fridays off so I get Friday off now and it's like my wife said earlier she said yeah, oh, I don't I don't want you to go back to work on a Friday and I'm thinking oh yeah that's going to end at some point <laughs> you know we're gonna, it's, it's going to be back to normal and like and just everything everything I do now I've never been so technical in my life because I have like meeting after meeting on a computer which I never did before you know I've never had so many meetings before in my life I know how to set up you know Microsoft Teams I've never used Skype before <laughs> so it's like all of a sudden I'm like I'm quite technical now you know 41 years old and I've finally got my technical shit together to ask yeah. You, oh yeah go ahead was was you musical before Satanic Temple was you know had you done bands had you anything beforehand before this band that you're doing now i always screwed around with experimental noise and music and stuff like that yeah but uh i i I didn't really consider you know shopping labels you know i I didn't consider general release it's kind of like the way i do art you know now sometimes like i'll do art and we'll put it on a t-shirt for the satanic temple or everything or something like that yeah but i always just loved drawing and doing art or whatever and i never really tried marketing or selling or, or whatever you know so you know that that doesn't that's not to say that uh you know i have any less love for uh for doing those kinds of things and somebody who does do that but uh this is a whole new territory for me and it's it's it seems like it'll be a lot of fun oh yeah yeah you're in for a whirlwind once this all opens up and you get to go out and do it live it's gonna it's gonna be a new walk of life for you you know when you when you're out there and you're performing these tracks live and and you're part of that and that experience on stage with people and just people enjoying you know what you've created and your artwork and stuff like that i mean fantastic i'm i've got to i've got to get my membership 
with you guys as well. I, I must do that because I, I want one. I want a little plaque up on my wall <laughs> to say that I'm part. <laughs> yeah, part of the Satanic Temple. But yeah, no, I do. I think like you're you're um, you're an amazing writer. So like obviously you know the writing side with your lyrics and and stuff like that will have come come quite easy to you I suppose and and um, um, yeah I can't wait to hear it absolutely can't wait and just just to see what happens with you know satanic uh, satanic temple as you go forward once we get through this this pandemic and you know just just keeping um keeping a foot in and just seeing what happens because the, the potential is there you've got you've got a really good following and the people that are that are following you are, are good people and you know just from all walks of life which is great to see and i think and i think there is an awakening happening right now against christianity and i do i do think there's a lot of people looking for that outlet and i think it, you know it's a great thing that you guys have created but it's been a great thing to be a part of you know just to just to find that little part of me where i knew that i wasn't sort of into that and i wasn't into that and i wasn't into that and then to discover what you've created it's just it's been great for me you know um and i'm, I'm looking forward no, no, for me yeah. too. I mean, the most it's the most gratifying thing in my life and i'm sure it will be something i take with me to the grave that uh you know i'll, I'll forever be proud of just hearing those testimonies from people who felt that they would never have a community like this to to look to to yeah. uh to identify with to to feel a part of and they they have that now people who felt you know who have felt outcast their entire lives and some of that based on uh you know religious anim- animosity against who they are you know people from the lgbtq community and yeah. and, and others who were naturally disdained by uh by other religious parties and things like that other people who are just non-believers who you know find some religious group that they could identify with you know without having to some kind of asinine super really feel they found common cause with people and 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 people who you know are are, are like-minded who they can share their time with and and really have a great you know ultimately that's the best thing I'll, i'll have ever done yeah i can't imagine how that feels and it is it's been a movement it really has been a, a, people are just taking to it and you know i see all the time on twitter you know uh, you know i can't believe that i've I'm, I'm announcing this you know and showing their little uh you know that the fact they've joined the satanic temple and you know and just joining that community and it's uh, it's nice to see it's it's nice to be part of as well and i love reading your articles and stuff um you know like being on the patron site and just getting some of your articles and your writing um that you've been putting out and yeah it's just it's nice it's for me it's been like a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel at the minute you know just being part of something that isn't part of what's happening around us you know like like i fucked up because of time differences when you've put on like you know the movie nights it's like 8 p.m so 8 p.m here i'm like oh it's not on (laughs) and it's like six hours later or something so yeah i'll do that on tomorrow night i'm gonna join tomorrow night's one so i'm gonna watch tomorrow night whatever you put on what is in store for well, tomorrow well, night? Yeah, a little secret about the movie night i say 8 p.m but in honesty i full three hours before eight i'm, I'm playing uh, other superfluous material yeah where do you find yeah. you where do you find <laughs> your movies where do you uh are they just from um what you like yeah I, I yeah i spent a whole childhood just uh watching shitty <laughs> shitty movies hilariously bad in in, in yeah, and, and and loving them for being uh, of that kind of low quality or whatever. I just yeah, but uh, it seems to play out with the crowd of people because it gives people a lot to uh, 
a lot to laugh about. Yeah. No, it does seem good fun. I've seen all the comments and stuff and people, you seem like you're having a good laugh together. So that, that's always good, isn't it? You know, laughter's the best medicine, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We get it. We get enough of that. Last, last uh, movie night was themed with uh, frogs and toads. You know, I had a triple feature based on frogs and toads. Uh, oh, cool. So <laughs> there, were, there were frog monsters and frog invasions and, and t- toad conquests. <laughs> frog invasion that, that's the, that'll be the next thing that we'll go through as a human race the frog invasion <laughs> yeah the plague of frogs yeah I'll have to just give that one plague, a watch plague. it's just a boring plague, plague yeah do you like um, do you like horror movies are you into horror movies I don't you know it's always like a it's always kind of precarious with me yeah. a lot of horror movies just don't do it for me nah. you know it's it's the rare one that does it for me like on a on a serious level like i where i'll say like okay that's a real like that's a real worthwhile work of art movie but yeah. for the most part you know when it comes to horror i like the really poorly done like drive-in classics from the 60s and stuff like that where you know sometimes you see the, uh, the microphone invaded on the scene you know and uh yeah you know the, the blood is obviously uh you know this off color of red paint and uh, you know just terrible <laughs> yeah, I like stuff like, like that. We movie, uh, Blood Freak is is one of my favorite. Or it was just this ridiculous movie where this guy gets addicted to marijuana and then he's uh, eating eating experimental turkeys. Uh, turkeys being uh, injected with this kind of uh, experimental growth. All right. And this causes him to become a thirsty turkey monster that desires. It just doesn't get better than that. No, it doesn't. No, that sounds awesome. And what's that called? <laughs> Blood Freak. I'm going to have to watch that. I wouldn't even know where to start yeah. to find these kind of movies. <laughs> well, that's why you attend the movie nights, too, because it's just not the same watching alone, either. No, that's that's what I mean. There's, there's going to be some fantastic things going forward from this, because people are just... The, the sense of community with people, even if it's overseas or, you know, next next door, whatever, it's just been amazing. I, I really have. I'm quite an interest. You know, when someone said lockdown to me, it's quite easy for me to go into lockdown. I could quite easily get lost in not actually having anything to do with other than the people that are in my life that I live with because I'm quite introvert like that. I'm, it doesn't really bother me, but I've found quite a quite a, a light of positivity seeing just how you know people have joined together you know yeah yeah i i really hope that we just continue to be like this and and i'm i'm gonna join i need to watch this this movie i need to see this movie with the the turkey monster guy <laughs> <laughs> sounds good so what music are you into i you know i've always been a sucker for novelty so i've just i've, I've always listened to like experimental avant type of music and lately i find myself listening to a lot of the artists who do soundtracking you know i think they've they've done a really really good job um i think uh i think uh satanic planets can be put in the uh industrial category yeah. you know and i i don't know everybody knows but we've actually uh signed on dave lombardo who was uh the drummer for slayer oh, to be wow. part of Planet now and he uh you know and he's working more with like electronic and experimental noise and i think everybody's really having just a great time with the project because like it is such an open invitation to experimental work you know just to really work with what you're interested in what you know yeah because we we just didn't really have some kind of idea about mimicking any type of genre or whatever we're just like all right we're gonna make this sound satanic (laughs) we just took 
that wherever we decided to go you know yeah 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 isn't that isn't that the most like amazing thing though when you can be like musically free like that got ideas of people you like and obviously everyone does that everyone's got some kind of idea of a person they like or they imitate because that's a human natural trait to to imitate but to be musically free and create from an aspect of you know we're not going to sound like anybody is an amazing you know that's just amazing in itself because i try and do that when i create but sometimes i, I listen back and i think oh that sounds a bit like so and so i mean i dislike i'm an abs i love nine inch nails and i love david bowie and and david bowie and nine inch nails together doing a concert is one of the things i watch the most on on youtube and and yeah and it's like i, I find myself when i create anything I tend to sound either like David Bowie or early Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you know, I'm trying to get away from that and try to do something different. And it also always sort of goes down that route. <laughs> so I'm trying to get trying to get a bit more open minded. Or, or lean into it. Well, play with that that stuff and, and see where you go from there. I mean, why not? Yeah, I just I've always tried to be on the outskirt of music. I, I really do like like people. Well, I mean, now that when I liked them, no one sort of had really heard of in this country. But now they're kind of like you know everyone sort of reels them off the tongue, like you know Jeff Buckley and and uh, Flaming Lips and stuff like you know I like kind of out there music. But yeah, Jeff Buckley is is he's one for me. I mean, his voice is so haunting and. And just the music, the way he put his music together. But I am, I do find myself on the side of industrial craft work, you know, frontline assembly, Nine Inch Nails, into sort of the heavier, darker side of music. That's where I'm based. I, I, I could quite easily go asleep listening to Sepultura. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have that same effect. I, I, uh, you know, some, some of the really high BPM stuff, really, really hard and heavy stuff. Yeah, it has kind of like a sedative effect on me. And uh, if there's one thing I have noticed about Satanic Planet, though, uh, that is kind of a constant through a lot of our tracks is that, you know, we, uh, well, at least in more than one track, we've managed to make these kinds of crushing, brutal, violent sounding tracks that are like of really low BPM, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of bizarre. No, that sounds awesome. That's yeah, kind of- yeah. It- kind of like a deftones kind of thing because they do quite they the the deftones sort of went from being quite data based into kind of like a digital sort of sound and they kind of did that they kind of transposed their sort of high sort of bpm in sounds into into slow you know like sort of crushing yeah everything just sort of even though his his vocals were quite high high pitched and and haunting it was very crushing on the on the sound and i like that i can't wait to hear that looking forward to that yeah it's it's funny for me too to listen to some of this stuff as i have after being in the studio because in the studio we we're creating some of the stuff and it was completely you know in the moment you don't have the same mindset as you do if you like give it like a month or whatever and then listen oh, no. to it again yeah and, and that, that's only when i noticed because i uh you know, i was listening to some of these tracks and they they were just you know so hard you know yeah and i listened you know later on I'm like, I can't believe the track is this slow. You know, it didn't lose any of that uh, that aggression for me. But I was like, well, you know, yeah. but I was kind of because it was a conscious thing that we did. But then I was mystified and I was like, you know, I can't believe what kind of a slow groove this is for, for what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I can't wait to hear it. So, you know, the, the whole process of creation and just hearing you talk about that then, you know, being like in the studio and, 
and you didn't realize you know it was slower than you thought it was and especially if you've given something some time as well you've the last time you heard it was when you was in the studio recording and then you might listen back in like three weeks just just that new aspect of sound that you gain from re-listening to something after you've heard it constantly and you've been working on it and you just sort of sit back and go oh yeah i created that <laughs> you know like that's amazing do you know what i mean do, do yeah well what yeah. we're doing now is yeah we're we're just sending sound files back and forth and in some cases you know one of the guys i'm working with just send like a basic kind of background thing and then i'll start working with uh vocals and putting like kind of a song to it and then send it back and it ends up evolving into something else entirely and i was telling him like you know because we, we we tend to do that you know we come up with these parts you know and we're like okay this is great you know we'll, let's yeah. work with this and i was telling him like we, we should just work on some basic parts on something yeah. and then just release the stems to the crowd at large and just kind of crowdsource the rest of the song like i thought that would be a cool thing for us to do during this lockdown while we're working on a second album or whatever like i was thinking like even before this first album comes out somewhere in the very near future here yeah just putting out the uh the component parts to a partially formed track to the audience and just being like you know play with this you know because because it's a it's a fun thing to do it's just a great thing to do and i really wish i had you know a lot of the tracks i love separated into its components parts so i could just play with it you know or yeah. remix it revise it or whatever yeah it, i think yeah, i think that could be another like fun kind of lockdown community activity oh yeah definitely and just giving something you've created to another another musician another creative person who's got a completely different taste of music to you a different outlook to music to you not just you i mean just in general and you know taking putting their take to something you know like putting a different drum beat behind it or you know putting some maracas in there you know just adding something completely different to what you already had in can just just make a song sound completely different and just open up a whole new world of music um and the only reason i'm saying that is I'm, i'm working with a friend of mine and he's like predominantly drum and bass and i'm a trained opera singer but i kind of do a lot of thrash vocal as well so like we were kind of mixing opera and thrash and drum and bass together and and we kind of created a a sound and then we gave it to his canadian friend who's predominantly like a guitar player and tracked to remix it and the track that he sent back to us was just completely different from what we created and just as as amazing you know it was like oh my god he'd made this sort of like this thumping guitar riff and and there was no guitar in this track whatsoever like i said it was drum and bass it was sort of garage and yeah he just come back with this fear factory kind of sepultura kind of guitar riff and and i was just like well i would never have expected that to come from what we created and yeah imagine what you could you could actually get back if this was community based if people were just you know you had 20 30 people putting their input into something you created would be amazing wouldn't it absolutely amazing yeah i think that angle is going to be fun for everybody it'll be fun for us to hear and fun for people to play with and i think it'll be like i don't know who knows after this maybe that'll be a common activity too yeah yeah definitely i think that's an out uh, uh, an output yeah you would think so wouldn't you there'd be like maybe like multi-auditorium 
sort of digital groups where they were just creating mass projects of music you know from all walks of life that yeah i think that's definitely something you should look into like your movie nights yeah even if it's not um satanic planet just something you know you create an idea there's plenty of musicians and and creators on on twitter and all social networks isn't there people that are just looking for an outlet to join into something yeah absolutely and there's people who've never really worked with this kind of thing before but have some really interesting ideas just uh, searching sounds or whatever samples loops you know there's just a lot of fun to be had there and there's a lot of you know it's it's a real it's a great opportunity for a kind of community building too because you really do develop a camaraderie when you work on projects like that together oh yeah yeah you do Uh, yeah i I believe anything creative that you do between people it, it sort of builds a bond that pretty much like soldiers who are going to war you know <laughs> you go you you're basically naked together saying you know what do you think of this what do you think of that oh yeah i like that what do you think and, and yeah you do you build such a bond with people when when you create whether it's music or art or or anything i, I do i think there's a this kind of a soul soul factor you know you everyone sort of joins together and creates and it's collab for me musically when i collab with someone it's probably my best my best works i think yeah because when it's left to me to create everything i kind of get caught up in the creating of everything and and then the professionalism sort of takes over and i never really finish anything and if i do finish it it's not where i wanted it to be because i've overdone creating it if that makes any sense when when you work no, with no, that, that's yeah. totally where i'm at too honestly like it, it took going into the studio uh, originally we wanted to be doing this we thought we would be exchanging the files i think more uh, in advance you know I, I still was planning on coming into the studio but i really wasn't getting anything done like exchanging sound files with these guys because i was way overthinking everything so it wasn't until we had like the time crunch of being in the studio and working with people wasting their time you know what i mean i had to like do something and stick to it you know yeah and we had to to move on to the next thing and do other things or whatever and you know it's rather than that destroying like our ability to really think about something you know any one thing and and make it all it could be it, it really broke open the floodgates and just allowed me to really just start working on stuff and not worry about it so much and it is hard it is hard when you create uh, musically because you do put so much pressure on yourself and you've got all these ideas in your head of how other people sound and how other artists sound and what they've created and and you, you can never self-objectify your own material you can never you know you, you can't just you can't hear it for what it is you personally cannot hear what you've created yourself as as other people hear it you'll never hear it as other people hear it so you get caught caught up on only hearing the the mistakes or the bad parts or you know the the stuff you could have done in your opinion you could have done better and that's the problem with yeah yeah that is a funny thing because I, I noticed that with some of our like rough takes and things like that too like I could listen to the track as we constructed it and think oh this is really good you know I, I really like this and then listen to it and, and hear a mic pop you know yeah. After I've already listened to it like five, six times or whatever, I just hear this mic pop now, you know? Yeah. And then you cannot hear it next time you're listening, you know? All you can think about then is like, all right, the, you know, we need, we need the guy doing the mixing and mastering to 
got to take that shit out. You know what I mean? And then, then it just ruins it. You know, it ruins yeah. the track for you until it's fixed. Yeah, and you'll always hear that. No matter what anyone else hears, you'll always know that part of that song where there's a, a pop or a squeak or a break. And, and that's the problem, is it? And that's why I honestly think the way forward for me when I'm creating music now is to maybe do it raw and then give it to someone else to mix because I, I just can't do the mixing mastering part because I'll just never finish anything. I will never finish it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you should definitely hand it off to somebody. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> good, uh, good mental hygiene, I think. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, what what is next on the books for you and the Satanic Temple as we progress through this pandemic? Well, I'm just keeping up working on the stuff. I've been, during the lockdown, it's just been concentrating on keeping everybody organized and in contact and kind of building that whole set. Yeah. You know, we're not encouraging anybody to engage it, you know face-to-face activism or anything like that or you know or get there yeah face-to-face meetings in a way it's kind of in the doors more rather than close them down you know and uh, i've been enjoying like meeting up with more people you know speaking yeah by a teleconferencing things like that just you know have taking this as kind of a reprieve to just stop and kind of get to know everybody around me and you know i'm gonna keep doing more of that as this goes on and just having more output of written material yeah and uh musical material and things like that because i feel like you know that's i like to think that that's not just like some kind of self-indulgent things uh you know the people yeah we're doing and things like that because they appreciate so you know that's that's what i've got going on and there's certainly enough of it to keep me busy indefinitely that's good that is good it's good to hear that people are, are managing to get by and keeping busy and you know and just progressing through because that's what we need to do and you know the mental health aspect of it always is affecting a lot of people and and i can't wait for us to just sort of get back to normal i know that might be a long a long way off but it would be great and especially if i can get over there and meet you and have a drink face to face that would be great yeah well that's that's one of the post-pandemic goals then yeah definitely i need to get over to salem and have a drink face to face yeah absolutely so (laughs) (laughs) general time time frame calendar yeah we just don't know do we don't know how long it's gonna be but it it will be you know and uh i feel like i've kept you longer than maybe i should have done oh it's it's good though anytime you want to check in for uh you know more drinking and chatting let, let me know i'll be around oh, i'd love that i would really love that thank you uh yeah let me know when this is up and i'll i'll share it on social media and all that yeah i definitely will and it's just that we're all going through the same thing aren't we and just you know it's been nice to talk to you and i really do appreciate it and yeah definitely anytime you want to you want to come on or you want to talk to me that's that's fine by me well excellent thank you yeah and likewise reach out to me anytime i'll be around yeah thank you i'll let you go and i'll let you uh get on with your evening all right well stay in touch and let's let's chat soon yeah definitely thank you and you good night